like to invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. There is so much wonderful music and so many deep souls within easy arm reach that I typically am overloaded with Song of the Soul guests without traveling outside the USA. I'm extremely pleased to say that today's Song of the Soul guest penetrated my local fog with some beautiful and powerful music being played over in Australia. Mandy Breeze and Doug Kelly play mostly traditional folk tunes. And by traditional, I'm not saying those written during the folk revival of the 50s and 60s, but the old tunes. But in Mandy's and Doug's hands and in Mandy's voice, they have a vibrancy and a new life and presentness that is captivating. I know you're going to love Mandy and her music as Mandy Breeze joins us via Skype from New South Wales in Australia. Mandy, I'm really, really, really excited to have you here today for Song of the Soul. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. And we'll just make a note right away. In the very near future, I'll make sure to get your partner, Doug, on the horn as well to talk because he's got his own wonderful variety of music that he's been connected with. When did the two of you connect up? Oh, well, in uh, 1999, I uh, spent a year in Tasmania, which was where Doug was based at the time, and uh, we played in a, a little folk band together. So that was when we met, but we didn't become life partners for a few years after that. So you were doing music ahead of time. He was doing music ahead of time. You worked together musically. What was your music to start with? Well, originally, uh, the music of my family was uh, classical music and the opera. My mother was a, a wonderful soprano. So our house was always filled with Mozart and Brahms and people like that. <laughs> and I actually didn't discover traditional Celtic folk music until I was in my early 20s. And uh, for me, it was a light bulb moment. That was the music of my soul. Were you a musical person? Was that what you were studying? Is that where you were headed? Well, I've always been a singer. In fact, my mother was my music teacher, and as a little girl, she used to take me to Estedford's, classical Estedford's, and enter me. So to me, it always seemed a perfectly reasonable thing to sing. In fact, I'm told reliably by members of my family that I was giving concerts when I was about two, and I used to make my rallies. There you go, Mark. <laughs> I knew <you'd> like that. <laughs> make your rallies, yes. Make my rallies, that's relative, <laughs> sit on the couch. And I had a captive audience, and they, had, they weren't allowed to leave until I'd finish, and I'd instruct them when they could clap. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so uh, yes, it was always ours was always a musical household, and my mother always had you know instrumentalists coming, and she would be working on various productions, and so we were very lucky that way. So before you ran into Celtic style folk music, were you perhaps headed more towards classical or operatic? No, look, I don't think so. As much as I was terribly proud of my mother, and I certainly enjoyed the whole buzz of the opera, it wasn't a style of music that really particularly grabbed me. But I didn't really start performing as such until, let me think, my first folk band, I think we formed in 1995. So I was a a singer in the bathroom, (laughs) a singer on the back steps, (laughs) that sort of thing. What was your first group called? Tanglewood. And we played in the Perth Hills. And uh, we were very fortunate in that just six months before we launched ourselves, uh, Riverdance came up, Michael Flatley and co. And he made all things Celtic suddenly terribly fashionable and appealing. And every second pub painted itself green and wanted to hire a folk band. So <laughs> awesome timing. <laughs> so why don't you get us started with some of your music? What do you want to share for your song of the soul? Okay, well, the first one I'd love to play is a a traditional Australian lullaby called Little Fish. We don't have that many traditional Australian folk songs, so I'm always thrilled when I come up with one that uh, I really like and enjoy. I thought the name was Little Fishy. Ah, uh, yes. Look, sorry, forgive me. My bad. Yes, little I know fish, you, little you, fishy. You Aussies always want to shorten things, right? <laughs> we do. We do. <laughs> yeah. One of the great joys after I recorded this, I had a ninety-year-old woman come up to me and say how much she enjoyed it, and that her mother used to sing her to sleep with it when she was a little girl. Little fishy by Mandy Breeze and Doug Kelly.
First song shared by Mandy Breeze for her song of the soul, Little Fishy, traditional lullaby. So that was your first song, Simple Folk. And just so you know, Mandy, and I, it would be so wonderful to have you and, of course, Doug come to Wisconsin. There is a statewide program that happens each Sunday evening called Simply Folk. And it's three oh. hours of folk music. And frequently they'll have a guest in the studio to share music. You'd be perfect for it. Oh, I'd love to do that. <laughs> so, folks, that was Mandy Breeze's first song to share. Now, you and Doug together, you have a recording operation called soundcolor.com. And I pronounce it color, but of course, this is written the British way C O L O U R. Which yes. I would think somehow Aussies should get rid of that extra U just to shorten it up. But Ooh. <laughs> just to make it shorter. No. Just to make it shorter. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> no, it's quite funny, isn't it, how we do have these different spellings. Yes. We always tend to stick with the British way of spelling things. So when you want to get a hold of Mandy and Doug, you can come via northernspiritradio.org. I'll have a link to soundcolor.com where you can track down their three joint albums, including Simple Folk, Riddles and Rhymes and Lullaby Times, and their latest, Common Dreams. Well, let's keep going on your music. You've got a lot of beautiful, fun music. Uh, of course, your voice, you've got your mother's gift, clearly. Well, so please do share with us another song now. What would you like next? Oh, yes. Look, I'd love to play uh, We Weaver for you, which is a very traditional old folk song. Obviously, these are many hundreds of years old, but we reinterpret them and pull them apart and put them back together again. I really enjoyed doing this, and I found myself really thinking about what it must have been like to have been a loom, hand loom weaver back in the Middle Ages. Well, and the music that it starts out with, I don't know if this is what you'd call traditional. It sounds rather Eastern. Actually reminds me of one of the Beatles songs. What's it called? Here and There, Now and Then. I forget what it was. Uh, that will be because Doug decided to play Turkish saz on it. Ah. And so that's the instrument you're hearing. And that's We Weaver by Mandy Breeze and Doug Kelly.
and Doug Kelly have amazing skill at grabbing a traditional song and breathing continuous new life into it. We Weaver was one such song. Obviously, you you just heard folks, uh, they do such amazing things, both musically and vocally. Of course, Mandy, your voice is so well adapted to do so much. Had you ever considered having a sing-off with your mother? Oh, goodness me, no. I was the apprentice. No. (laughs) (laughs) So, Wee Weaver. Of course, you know, Wee Weaver, it has some elements. All all folk music could also be lullabies. And your second album, Riddles, Rhymes, and Lullaby Times, you're focusing on what might be called lullabies. Is Wee Weaver not a lullaby? Well, no, not really. Wee Weaver is one of the body of songs that I call trade songs. It, It represents somebody's method of earning a living. It is quite soothing, and, you know, I suppose we could have had a stretch decided it was a lullaby, but (laughs) nobody else would have agreed. (laughs) Yes, I'm never quite sure what the litmus test of a children's song in particular is. We have this whole horrible history of things like Ring Around the Rosy and other things, you know, chants and songs like that, which really are about rather horrendous things. Oh, look, absolutely. Yeah, so how's a child supposed to sleep when they hear that, think about those things? (laughs) Well, I don't know, but if you think about it, a lot of the fairy tales that were traditionally told to children before bedtime were absolutely horrendous. You know, wolves landing in pots of boiling oil and all sorts of things, so... Or two (laughs) children wandering into the woods in a gingerbread house or whatever. Exactly. And being grabbed by... Terrible stuff. Yes, terrible stuff. (laughs) Yeah, so... It's amazing that there's not more mental illness in our population than there is. So you seem to have a quite very sincere interest in folk culture, not just folk music, but folk culture. Am I overselling you? No, absolutely. We are very interested in it because all of these stories, they're our collective oral history. They all tell a story and they tell us the story of who we are, where we've come from, and ordinary people's lives, which, of course, are never likely to make the history books. Now, there's always the possibility, because you're in Australia and I'm in the Midwest area of Wisconsin, that 
our culture could be slightly canted differently than one another. I'm not sure that your lullabies are the same lullabies that we speak or the children's stories, but obviously there's enough intersection that we can still speak almost the same language. I do want to remind folks that you're listening to Song of the Soul. This is Northern Spirit Radio production on the web at northernspiritradio.org. On that site, you'll find more than 10 and a half years of our programs for free listening and download. You'll find links to our guests. So when you want to get a hold of Mandy Breeze and Doug Kelly, come via northernspiritradio.org and you'll find the link to soundcolor.com and color spelled in the British form. And you'll find links to their three albums, Simple Folk, Riddles, Rhymes, and Lullaby Times, and Common Dreams and more information about them. In addition to that, there's a place to post comments, and you can make sure that we have two-way communication by posting your comment when you visit. There's also a place to donate. That is how this enterprise is undertaken. It's full-time work, and your donations are the only support that we have. We avoid corporations and the other forms that can limit the purview of our work. So please donate when you come. But even more important than that, please support whatever kind of local community radio stations since I'm speaking to Mandy Breeze, she's in Australia. She's in Hippie Land area of New South Wales. The community radio stations there might be very different. You'll have to tell me about that, Mandy. But it's so important in the United States to have an alternative source of news and music that you get nowhere else. So start by supporting your community radio station. Again, Mandy Breeze is here, and pretty soon, another couple weeks, maybe we'll be able to have Doug Kelly, her partner and her husband, and the wonderful enterprise music that they've undertaken, and Doug has his own rich history. We've had a couple songs, and I think we need to keep going so we get all of it in. What's next, Mandy? Well, uh, this one's taken off Riddles and Rhymes and Lullaby Times, and it's the Liverpool Lullaby. I really enjoyed doing this song. It was funny, we were just discussing fairy tales and how some of them can be a bit bleak. And this song very nearly didn't make it onto the CD because we were a wee bit worried about the lyric content. I mean, it's about alcoholism and child abuse, really. Um, But the lady who's singing with me, the wonderful Leora, convinced me and us that it should be on there because the experience of childhood for everybody is different. And for some children, unfortunately, quite a lot of them, this story, you know, strikes a chord. Anyway, I was very pleased with the end result. So without ado, (laughs) hit the button, Mark. (laughs) Liverpool Lullaby. Kid, dirty as a dustbin lid When he hears the things that you did You'll get a belt from your dad Oh, you have your father's nose So crimson in the dark it glows If you're not asleep when the booze is closed You'll get a belt from your dad You look so 
sweet song (laughs) scruffy lying there strawberry jam tarts on your hair oh my tats tats what's a tat well it's a sort of a the equivalent to a sheep's dag i guess hanging in a kid's hair that hasn't had their hair combed in a while (laughs) i know what what imagery yes dustbin Mm. lid just not very nice but the amazing thing is the power of the human spirit. And I, I guess I want to ask you a bit about your spiritual outlook on things. Because sure. there are people who've lived through war and pain and horror that most of us never even imagine. And they can come out such shining pieces of light, as far as I can see. I'm not sure what makes the difference between those who become spoiled and go to ruin because of that kind of experience, and the others who somehow convert it into gold. Absolutely. What's your spiritual outlook, Mandy? Well, I'm a Christian. I don't go to any church in particular anymore. I'm a very basic sort of Christian. I'm a a great (laughs) God-botherer. I have quite a lot of, you know, questions. I'm certainly not, I wouldn't think, a conventional believer. However, I've had many, many wonderful answered prayer, both for myself and for other people. And I feel a great sense of connection that it's all all right. There are some varieties of Christian. 
where, from my point of view, there seems to be an obsession with sin, darkness, brimstone, that kind mm. of thing. And I take it that's not a Mandy Breeze form of Christian. No, I avoid that like the plague is the truth. <laughs> I'm certainly aware of it. And I did have a period in my life, oh, about 30 odd years ago, where I did spend some time with churches that were a bit that way. Yeah, we parted company a long time ago. Uh, would those have been called evangelical Christian or maybe fundamentalist or what would you call them? Oh, I think definitely fundamentalist, I would say. Uh, I remember being in uh, involved with one group where one's hat was an essential thing, one's head covering, you know, <laughs> we, were, we were heading down that path. You told me before we got on the air that the area where you live between Byron Bay and Nimbin is kind of hippie land for New South Wales or for Australia. Are you number one hippie kingdom of Australia? Oh, definitely. N not Doug and I in particular, but this area most certainly. <laughs> and how does that come about? Well, back in the early 1970s, a group of incredibly community-minded, aspirational, alternative young students from Sydney Uni went to the pretty well-abandoned, at that stage, old dairy town of Nimbin and had a festival. They were inspired with ideas, you know, straight from Woodstock in America, really. They wanted to live communally. They wanted to work as a community. And they sort of bought up large portions of land very cheaply and created the first multiple occupancies. And so Nimbin is a town like no other, and uh, its hippie roots stand loud and proud. And, of course, if you're truly hippie-minded, then you welcome in all of the hippie flock from across the world? Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, this area is constantly hosting visitors from all over. You really do notice that sometimes in Byron Bay you can walk down the street and hear many different languages being spoken at the same time in different conversations. It sounds beautiful and I'd love to visit. When I was in Australia back in 2006, I don't think I hit your area, but that was just so very unfortunate. Well, you'll have to come next time. Well, I will, but first let's do some more of your music because a lot of our listeners, I mean, I don't often have on guests from Australia, and so you're actually not the first, but I do so appreciate your music, and I know that there's a lot percolating there, so why don't you share another one, Mandy? Well, uh, my next one I'd like to share is The Ballad of Jim Jones, and it's about one of our famous convicts who, uh, unlike a lot of the convict story, that this guy's still got his pride. He's still got his fighting spirit. And I really like that about Jim. And just so folks are not confused, this ballad of Jim Jones, there's another one you'll find out there that speaks a very different situation. This is the one connected with Botany Bay, and it is the ballad of Jim Jones performed by Mandy Breeze and Doug Kelly. Surely have 
another song from Mandy Breeze and Doug Kelly's recording, Simple Folk. It's the Ballad of Jim Jones. And it's the Jim Jones who went to Botany Bay, which I guess, you know, it used to put in people's mind a very different image of what Australia was about. It's, you know, as a penal colony, I don't think that that's what you... That's not where you send your tourists, right? No, but, you know, it's an essential part of the Australian story. And I've got to tell you, Mark, we we were lucky enough last year to to spend a little bit of time in Sydney. Doug and I went to the old Sydney barracks, which most of the convicts passed through on arrival. And I wept. I literally stood there and I wept. These people who became our founding fathers and mothers had such a tough road to hoe. Very, very moving. That song, Ballad of Jim Jones, captures a spirit that's unbowed, that still is vibrant. And I can't imagine, but the, that would strongly color your national identity. Look, I think it has. Certainly, I mean, when I was a child and, and before that, in the 50s, people who had a convict ancestor were, you know, kept it quiet sort of thing, didn't want the neighbours to know. Uh, and that's completely changed now. Australia has really embraced their convict heritage and people who have a, who can turn up a convict in their ancestry now are thrilled. Ring everybody, to, <laughs> ring their rallies to let them know. <laughs> And for those who don't realize what you're talking about, Mandy, that is, those who don't speak Australian, you said unis before, and folks, that means universities, and just now rallies, i.e. relatives. So as your interpreter, I want to ease the transition to the wonderful variant of the English language that Aussies have that's evolved over in Australia. It's wonderful to see how language and culture in general evolve in the local soil and how much that's a part of the soul of the place. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, give us some more soul. There's more music and What do you want to share next for your Song of the Soul? Well, the next one is a a very medieval piece, and this is off our most recent CD, Common Dreams. It's called False Night, and it features Doug playing medieval guitarin and Steph Donovan playing medieval VL. And what kind of instrument is that? Because I don't know them. Well, uh, the VL uh, is the forerunner to the modern violin but it's got a very grunty, deep, dark sort of sound and it really gives some presence to a song. And The False Night, by the way, there's many variants of this song and it's one of the earliest, the idea of, you know, the Robert Johnson, the devil at the crossroads kind of thing. The False Night uh, is the devil and the little boy has to answer his questions rightly or it's straight down, you know. Another song that does not bode well for our children, False Night on the Road, performed by no. Mandy. Not a lullaby. (laughs) (laughs) Performed by Mandy Breeze and Doug Kelly. What brings you here so late, said the night on the road. I go to meet my God, said the child as he stood. And he stood, and he stood, and twirled. Child as he stood. How will you go by land? Said the night. 
on the road with a strong staff in my hand, said the child as he stood. And he stood, and he stood, and twere well that he stood with a strong staff in my hand, said the child as he stood. How will you go by sea, said the knight on the road with a good ship under me, said the child as he stood. latest recording that Mandy Breeze and Doug Kelly have put out is called Common Dreams, and that's one of the songs from that CD, False Night on the Road, with uh, long, long roots. And I, I heard a version, I don't know, five, ten years ago, that it had the same tune, but it was talking really about, I think, questioning our government here or questioning authority maybe is the subject of it but as you said mandy there's a lot of different variants of this over time is it or is it just everyone has a different verse they throw in oh well i think that certainly is true with all of the folk tradition that happens but there's actually different versions from different countries there is apparently a swedish version but it's an old hag not a false knight it's a very faustian sort of story There's something about your spiritual identity that I'm not 
fully clear about. I mean, Christian means something very different to each person. I personally like mm. to refer to myself as a universalist Christian, or I mean, I'm Quaker, which is maybe the easier identity, or I'm a follower of Jesus. I think Jesus was a pretty good guy, and his followers followed different paths than I would think that Jesus would lead in. When you say you're a Christian, mm. what does that mean? You believe in the resurrection, or does that mean uh, you read the Bible, or what? What does that actually mean to you, Mandy? Okay, well, I guess it means that I'm a follower of Christ, absolutely, and I do read my Bible and I puzzle over it, <laughs> and some pieces I find quite interesting in that my understanding of them now is not perhaps the same way that I would have understood it, you know, 30 years ago. Does that help? <laughs> well, certainly it does. We have an issue in the United States. I think that uh, the mainline Christian churches in the United States have long been on the decline. The ascendancy has been to some of the more fundamentalist or evangelical Christian-oriented churches, and a lot of good people in those places. But I'm afraid that politically, there are a number of people who identify as Christian who are rather anathema to many of my beliefs. They don't seem to be following the Christ that I know of. Yes, I think that's absolutely the same everywhere. And, you know, the mixture of politics and, and any religion, I think, is, is a fairly good recipe for disaster. And I also feel irritated when I see people really, well, political candidates <laughs> really pushing large churches to get their vote. And it's, it's horrible. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think surely that, you know, our spirituality is, is always an individual walk. And, and I spend lots of time arguing with God too, by the way. <laughs> I don't know it does any good, but certainly asking for clarification on things. And yeah. And does that inform the kind of music that you choose to do? Is there a connection there? Well, not in so far as what I do. Certainly, if I think something is lyrically really not right, I won't do it. There has been times from time to time where I've come across a piece of, you know, work and thought, no, I don't want to go near this. <laughs> That's not uplifting. <laughs> For sure, yes. So the music you've been sharing has been, by and large, traditional and sometimes traditional many hundreds of years into the past. But there must be some more current popular music that you've been drawn to growing up. I mean, I, or maybe you did, in fact, just growing up singing or listening to these horrid lullabies. <laughs> what kind of music did shine a light for you growing up? Well, as I say, I enjoyed the, the, uh, the technical and the incredible dedication that it took to produce classical music. And that was all I heard. And I was sent to piano lessons and that was all I played. As a teenager, like every other teenager, I, I like, you know, pop music. And uh, I was madly in love with Noddy Holder from Slade, actually, as I remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Noddy. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I was in my early 20s, I accidentally walked into a folk club and it was just the most beautiful setting. It was in an old hotel in Perth in Western Australia and there was a lovely open fire. It was winter time. And they had candles in glass bottles with heavily laden with wax on the tables. And about 100 people crammed in there. Oh, you could have heard a pin drop. And there was a guy on a small stage singing, I think it was the Ballad of Tam Lin, actually. And I was absolutely transfixed. So that became your passion. 
very quickly. Absolutely. Every Friday night, I'd be there. <laughs> <laughs> well, Perth is a nice little place over there. It's it's kind of isolated from so much of the rest of Australia, of the populace, because it's, it, I mean, it's, I, I don't know, is that the thinnest area of population? I mean, other than the center of Australia? Well, yes, it would be. Western Australia is the largest landmass in Australia, but it is, in fact, the most isolated city in the world. You've got a four-day trip across pretty well nothing to get from Adelaide to Perth. So it's very much its own place. Lately, of course, it's grown quite exponentially because of the mining boom, and so a lot of people have gone there to work. But uh, the Perth that I grew up in was very much a large country town, I think, really. Well, there's so much there to explore, but right now we can explore just one more song from your selection. What would you care to conclude your Song of the Soul with, Mandy? Oh, this is a beautiful, beautiful piece to end, A Song of a Soul. It's Invisible, Indivisible. It's a contemporary song written by Kavisha Mazella, who's uh, an Australian singer-songwriter. I absolutely loved recording this. I loved singing with Leora, and I'm very proud to say that one of the violins in there is my son, Isaac, on fiddle. What a wonderful thing. And what about this song, the lyrics, the story, particularly conveys for you? Look, it's the threads that bind us together, the fact that as human beings we have so much more in common than we have in difference. Our hopes, our fears, our joys, our sorrows, our follies and foibles are all so incredibly similar and how much we should extend the hand of kindness to each other. That is the statement of your spirituality that I was looking to hear. <laughs> of course, it's the perfect way to cap off your song of the soul. I really enjoy all of your music, Mandy, and I really look forward to getting to know Doug very soon. And the fact that you choose to end with Invisible Indivisible just makes my heart go pitter-pat. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Again, we've been speaking with Mandy Breeze. She and her partner, Doug Kelly, their website is soundcolor.com. Color is C-O-L-O-U-R, as British spelling. You can get their three CDs. Common Dreams is the most recent one. And this song is called Invisible Indivisible. Thank you so much, Mandy. Thank you, Mark. This is Invisible Indivisible, and we'll see you next week for Song of the Soul. is forgotten deep and holy the first
first kiss our souls meet this healing in a blinding flash I fall from the sky looking at your beauty why the sword why the chains why the locks guns when we can just for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul.
Sing out a song.